Hi, it's Grace. You are listening to our Chinese and English journey. We have Bae here with us today. Hi, everyone. This is Bae. Um, we're here today to talk about our children's bilingual journey. We don't have a guest today. It will be just me and Bay because we realized like we never really talk about um, our own experience. Um, but before we go into that, I'm just really happy to have Bay on board with me the past few months. She has been a terrific host for the past three episodes. And we actually didn't know each other until we realized our bilingual education goals are very similar and then not like a lot of parents that we met. So since Bay came on board to this uh, podcast team, we talk a lot about what topics we should discuss and share with our listeners. And one of the topics that came up was the journey that we, Bay and I, took the past five and six years with our children. Um, I still remember that I was inspired by one of the bloggers um, when I was debating whether to take my twins to a preschool that's 40 minutes subway ride away. Um, and that blog post at the time mentioned something about that the bloggers spend about one hour each way to take their kids to this Chinese preschool. And, and then as soon as I saw that, I was me- immediately feel encouraged because I thought like then compared to one hour, 40 minutes, separate ride is actually much shorter and that's easier to do. So I hope this episode can inspire or encourage some parents out there um, when they're making some difficult decision during this um, bilingual journey. Yeah, we also definitely hope this podcast can be a resource to help listener better understand. And as Grace mentioned, learn about the various processes and steps so along with it. Um, you know, one of our goal is really to empower parents and provide firsthand experiences. And most importantly, to share that this journey comes in all forms and stages. Um, so I will first talk about my kids. I have one boy and one girl twins. They are currently in kindergarten and they're about five and a half years old. Bay, you want to share with your kids so that, you know, the audience or the listener to, can understand like how old your kids are and then the journey you're going to share. Sure. So as some listeners may remember, I have two kids as well. Um, They're not twins. I have a daughter who's six years old, and I have a son who's four years old. And I think I'll even kind of expand on that in terms of our home environment. I'm the main Mandarin speaker, as my husband speaks very little Mandarin. My Mandarin level, I would say at best elementary level for both speaking and reading. And I think Grace will have a very different experience and background than mine. So um, I'm very similar to the last episode's guest, Wen Qi. I was born and raised in Taiwan until I was 18. I think I shared this in the very first episode. And I came to the States for college, and I've been living in the States since then. So Mandarin is my first language. I still read Chinese much faster than English. Um, my husband, he was born in Taiwan, but he came here when he was one. 
So he grew up with Taiwanese parents speaking Chinese, but he's just one of those ABCs that you know, like, you know, parents speak to him in Chinese and then he will respond in English. So he's, his Chinese didn't get better until he was in college. Actually, right after college, he moved to Taiwan and worked and studied Chinese for three years. So our home environment are mostly Mandarin speaking. I actually asked my husband to speak to kids in Chinese so that, you know, it can become like a home language for uh, four of us. And I think I um, will kind of get started in terms of how we kind of all got started with the language pro- um, the language journey. So both of my kids, we started with Mandarin as the main language. I read a lot to our the kids when they were babies. Um, we also had family help in the early years. And we had my mother who spoke Mandarin as well as my mother-in-law who spoke Mandarin. So that was really helpful for the kids when they were babies. That was great. I mean, for me at the time, I was I was actually had to go back to work when kids were like three months old. So we didn't really have much like family help for the kids. But personally, um, talking about journey for zero to one or zero to two before the preschool, I don't think parents out there should really sweat about it because I feel like that's the time the kids still is just learning to eat or learning to walk. So it's a really a time I feel like now looking back, it's just a time f- just for parents to relax. This is the time you don't really have to think too much about Mandarin. Um, me at the time actually was really concerned. <laughs> I was really anxious about what to do. I even like text my friend who's like a bilingual, um, in like a professor at Columbia University. And I was like texting her, was, like asking, what do I do? And then the, the professor was like, you know, your kid is still so young. It's like, there's not much you can do. Or all she said, just like try to use your motherly kind of instruction. And I was like, this is too vague. I have no idea what that means. Um, but luckily, I found Oliver's Two's um, blog that that during that time, and that his blog really gave me some guidance and just like a visibility about how things should work. So, including you know the CLE which is Chinese ecosystems that he talked about a lot, just creating everything that the child will interact. It's all Chinese. So that's when I bought lots of Chinese books. I already started the Chinese library back, you know, when there were one or before one. And then, and a lot of Chinese songs we played to them, even though I don't think it really matters later on, but you know, that's just what one of the few things I did when they were before their preschool. I think that's a good point. I you mentioned Grace in terms of like when they were kind of between the zero to two years old, really, especially first time parents and you yourself having twins, really just to kind of enjoy motherhood, also kind of learning that process and adding language to that kind of really complicates the whole process too. Um, so for us, you know, for me specifically. I had the lofty idea I would raise my kids bilingual, even though my language abilities was limited. But 
I read a book. I can't remember exactly the name of it. I read a book about how to raise your kids bilingual in terms of just the various phases in terms of um, our situation with one parent speaking and the other parent not speaking it. Um, we definitely did a lot of kind of similar to what the professor and yourself did have mentioned, which has played a lot of music for the kids as well. I think one thing I would probably do differently, but again, this is in the comfort of the parent, especially if it's not your first kid, is probably to narrate, narrate a lot of things that you're doing so that they can get exposure to, for example, saying, you know, hi, this is mommy. Mommy is now making your milk and the milk is going to get warm. I think those things in terms of it does help down the road, but definitely not crucial or make a difference. But I think overall that helps kids just to listen to more vocabulary, tones and sounds. And then after that stage, did you what, what kind of decision do you make to, you know, to go for preschool? So in, so after that, we are, my mother-in-law was done with watching our child. Uh, she, you know, really great, graciously had watched all her, all four of her grandkids. So this is at this point, um, it was her third one because I do have a younger one as well. So our next round, especially with two working parents was to put her in preschool. We definitely thought about bilingual preschool, but at the time I'm not, I was not familiar with what to look for, what the concept were. We were given a couple to look at and we looked at a couple of them. And the ones that we looked at initially did not, it, did, it didn't feel right. And I think it was probably a combination of the, the way the um, curriculum had looked like because it had mostly was in English, but Chinese was more of an add-on as opposed to being the majority language. And we actually ended up at this particular preschool by accident I was actually looking for another preschool but I just saw this poster next to the building I was looking at and I said here's a bilingual preschool take a look and so we did a tour and um, being from Taiwan I was very ecstatic that the curriculum was kind of following the Taiwanese curriculum particularly you know doing how, which at the time I don't think I realized what that actually meant besides that it was Taiwanese because, you know, to be very honest, I actually don't know my doing for all that well. So, but I just knew it was Taiwanese. It was traditional characters. Doing for all in hindsight actually was a great thing that they were also doing as well because it helped my daughter and now my son tremendously in terms of their progress. So we decided to go with this particular school because of all those things I've mentioned um, before. And even though it was a little bit pricier than the other school, but the main reason was that they were putting Mandarin as the main focus and also the dominant language for the earlier years. And then eventually shifting the percentage of English, um, Mandarin and English differently. So it was definitely a bit challenging and my daughter started preschool right when I had given birth to my son so we she was in preschool she was doing thriving very well there and unfortunately like you know as working parents we I had I only had my standard maternity leave which I was very thankful for because not everyone got maternity leave and I even actually ex tried to extend my maternity leave unpaid so I could spend the extra couple months with my son because having the second one I realized that first 
sort of six months to nine months was really critical, especially for um, the parent and the child to bond. And just, you know, just when you get familiar with the child, that's when you kind of go back to work. So we really didn't, I think for the second one, and I think this is common for a lot of second child is that you focus so much on the first one because it's so new and everything's trying to, you're learning at the second one, you realize not everything is kind of, it's not as dramatic as it <laughs> it is. Uh, it should be in that sense. So my first, my daughter stayed at the preschool through all her years from, from, sec, um, from two years old all the way to kindergartens. Um, so she was there for three years. Um, unfortunately, half of that was during the pandemic. So she was about three and a half when the pandemic hit. So we went, moved to virtual online, which, you know, now looking back, I don't think that would have worked for every child. My daughter just happens to be a very systematic learner and enjoyed learning and also enjoy workbooks. So a little bit different than my son in terms of style. So she was very intrigued and also loved the ability to be able to mute and unmute herself on on zoom so she loved that and then so because that started doing pandemic we i ended up having her doing virtual classes with the preschool which was only a couple hours and then we homeschooled as well and i think for a lot of folks that's really when really chinese learning just kicked in i think that was like a turning point particularly for our family because I saw firsthand what was being taught and how my daughter was responding to it. I think prior to that, I just assumed the school, I just really relied on the school to do the work and didn't think I needed to do much more than that. And when I saw how my daughter was absorbing the information and how she craved for more, that's why I made the decision to homeschool in addition to working full-time as well. So it was kind of, Again, it's the it's the way she learned and the workbooks did work for her. Um, so that's why it was a good fit. So for us, she ended up being able to finish doing as well as blending um, during the pandemic. And also, most importantly, we were able to finish this, you know, sage books before she started kindergarten. So that was a huge accomplishment for her because um, I was very nervous about the transition to kindergarten slash all English school, which we'll go into later. So that was a huge thing for us. And I think doing that time was also a lot of resources became available. I think, you, you know, I see Grace nodding her head. I think doing that time a lot of folks ask questions about where can they get book? What can I be doing? How should I be teaching my kids? Some folks even went back to Taiwan. So that was a, even the pandemic was a huge turning point for us. And I think Grace, you guys had something similar too. And you also went back to Taiwan during pandemic as well. We, we didn't really go back to study um, Chinese, but we, um, we went back for just a, a month and a half just to because my parents are not doing that well at the time. But that was also a period of time um, that was kind of interesting in terms of we do a lot of online learning. So similar to you, 
Um, so when pandemic happened, my my twins were two and a half years old. They were just started their preschool half a year, doing really well. Finally, you know, speaking a lot more Chinese. But when that happened, our preschool started their online learning. I still remember there was like three classes during the day, and then there's one class in the afternoon. It was actually just so helpful for me to keep up with their schedule because you know we we didn't have the kids with us at home um, when I start I went back to work and then so those classes not only for them to learn the language but for us just to keep our sanity improving for the kids too exactly yeah so so. I, I really want to feel like this generation of kids have different type of learning experience. You know, back then we all talk about weekend, Saturday, Chinese school that they have to go. They they didn't learn Chinese; they just made friends there and things like that. But I feel like nowadays, very common theme, at least Bay and me, it's like both our kids took all different type of online classes, and then it's actually. One way it's very affordable, and then the other way is we can be very specific. You know, we don't have to have a large class that couldn't cater for everybody's Chinese level. So, so I think starting from then, um, at the time we were the 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 twins already started doing online lesson, interact with teachers in front of a screen. I mean, some parents don't like the idea, but I personally feel like that's actually. Still a huge supplement for us, even though now my kids go to a bilingual school.、Um, so during the three-year-old、uh, preschool,、um, I was wasn't we went to a a different because we moved out of state that year、um, for a job that I took. But then we I also found a a very similar preschool. That we did at the two years old, and something I think during that year,、uh, with the kids still involved with like teachers being Mandarin focus, I think it just really built on their foundation of like speaking Chinese. And then at first, I thought like maybe they would just start speaking English because most the kids in preschool, I feel like nowadays, just speak English to each other. But I think because the reinforcement of the school and the reinforcement of me and my husband both speak Chinese at home, that continued to be like the main language of both of them. And then I think during that year, I started to notice,、um, and then it is probably just the case for my family only because. Both my kids will start using Chinese. I mean, before they will play together, and maybe not that verbally, you know, using Chinese to talk about things. But then, around the three-year-old, they start to really just using the language to play with each other. They was they will play with each other like the pretends. They will say like, "I will pretend I will be the mom, and you will pretend to be the the baby." And then that's when I was like, "Oh, that's kind of nice because now they are like play date with each other, and then using practicing Chinese、um, through when they are playing with each other." So I was really glad to see that, and then and then continue to be 
uh, one of the really biggest factor for them to use the language with their peer, which is their brother and sister. I think that's a good point too. I my both my kids went to the same preschool, but your point earlier about the teacher reinforcing it in the classroom is really important because I think my daughter's teachers in the first. Couple the first year and a half at the preschool was much better about reinforcing it, and since then the same exact preschool my son goes to now, the teachers administration has changed a little bit, and that reinforcement has not happened as much. So I think a combination of my son being the younger one being exposed to much more English than my daughter did at his age, but also specifically his class is not being re. Enforced to speak only Mandarin doing play or kind of switching them around because, like you said, all kids do end up speaking English when they're playing with each other, unless being redirected either by the parent or the teacher. Right, right, exactly.、Um, so, where do you guys go for kindergarten? How did you decide to go to a whole English school? So that was a really tough decision for us. We actually. Thought, you know, after she had finished this bilingual preschool, we would continue with Mandarin immersion school. That just seemed like the nat, the, you know, natural next step in her progress with this journey. However, in the end, we because it was also during the pandemic and in our city and our district, where there was a lot of changes happening with the whole public school system, we weren't certain about the changes and weren't very excited about it either. Um, one thing I did have consideration about was I was nervous that because she spoke mostly Mandarin, that she would be labeled as a English second language learner. Even though, ironically, she was born here in the states, and especially at a public school, because the funding and resources is much bigger, they may not have the capacity to be able to spend more time with her to understand that she. Does speak English, but just not as much as、um, not as much as now. Right now, at this point, when she started kindergarten, so we actually ended up going with a religious school、um, because of the curriculum. Oh, sorry, one other factor w- was also because, and I think, kind of similar to your kids, Grace, is that because the my daughter had spoke mostly English and she was also reading as well by that point. So I was nervous that she was not going to be able to learn much more from the Mandarin Immersion School because she was very young. But in terms of her vocabulary and speaking and reading level, it was probably a couple grades above her. So I wasn't sure if you know if we end up going to this particular school, are we able to gain anything from it, or are we just better off just having her go to all English school? As I mentioned earlier, I was nervous about her English. She <laughs> that thing quickly turned around in two months with <laughs> without even any、um, sort of assistance or anything.、It、was very quick、uh, turnaround and shift for her. And then our next shift was all about how to monitor and maintain the Chinese that we actually had、uh, spent so much time and energy on. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the story we all heard, right? Like the kids were just start speaking English words, like can't remember Chinese anymore, like instantly. But 
That's actually not our experience. And then I often wonder if because both my kids speak Chinese to each other. <laughs> I'm not sure. So basically, starting from pre-K, which is the four-year program in the area we live in. So that's when we started the public school. And we have, we, we call it dual language, but it's basically bilingual uh, public school um, in the area we live. So the setup is pretty similar to the, the previous episode, Wenti's Daughter's School, which is 50-50, that they call a roller coaster program. So during the day when there's a Chinese instruction, that, that same day's afternoon will be English instruction. And the next day will be English instruction first and switch to Chinese in the second day's afternoon. So we were a little bit worried because they didn't really use English or learn English uh, intentionally before that. So we weren't sure how, you know, how it were turned out. Um, and then we also worry exactly what Bay was talking about. It's like, will they just start speaking English and without speaking Chinese anymore? But it actually didn't happen. Um, so I think it was because maybe their English at the time was a bit weak because we are not really teaching her and then we're not speaking English at home either. Um, so at the time they can in- understand the teacher fine. So they, you know, they can understand instructions, but they may not be able to communicate exactly how they want it very easily. I think at the beginning of pre-K. Um, but because the both teacher, which is the main teacher and also the assistant teacher, are Chinese native speakers. So the twins were very comfortable there because even they don't understand English at all, the teacher can either translate or, you know, they can talk to a teacher in Chinese. And then I think it's that comfortable um, feeling they have that they can just use Chinese whenever they can. That kind of maintain their Chinese somehow. And also, I, I want to go back to like, they just, when they're at home, they just still use Chinese mostly. And then I still have online, you know, lessons at the time just to enhance for them to learn characters, going through stage book, those things. So overall that year, I was actually, um, talking to their pre-k teacher about like you know i actually want them to learn english that year and then um i think my daughter learned pretty well there's no issue with her and she made a, a really good friend for my son on the other hand he has a hard time to participate group activities for example they have maybe dance classes that he just didn't want to participate. And the teacher was explaining to us, like he probably doesn't understand instructions from the dance teacher, or there's other like um, outside group that will come in. For example, there's a science teacher that will come in and then teach them different science projects. And then he probably just couldn't understand all the, the more complicated English word vocabularies. And the situation kind of went away, meaning the not able to participate situation kind of went away later in the school year that he was able to communicate with the teachers fine in English. And he was playing wise. He didn't have a problem like playing with um, kids at his age, but it's more for doing the school instructions. 
um, he has some hard time at the beginning. So that's one of the experience I kind of want to share with family out there. A lot of parents say like it's instantly change from one to the other, but it's actually a pretty long process for us. Um, especially I just going to move on talking about our current kindergarten experience. Basically, we did go to a Mandarin immersion program, um, which is different from the pre-K, uh, the four years old program that we did. Uh, it's more rigorous, like the last guest was like love about rigorous, but that means so much work for parents because there's a lot of homework, both English, Chinese and math every day. So this past year has been really tough just in terms of um, my son wasn't really um, just practicing writing in general. And then now go from a school, no writing, and then to a school, like it's all about writing homework, writing worksheet during the class. So it was like um, a process of just for him to just get used to writing. And for English-wise, it's I'm surprised even though we went into a Mandarin Immersion program, but because how the, I this is just purely my guess, but how the school value the English proficient tests in third grade, so they really started strong and want the kids have a really solid foundation for like alphabets, you know, phonic, sight words at the kindergarten level. So this past year, we spent a lot of time, surprisingly, you know, I'm talking about English um, with my son. We're talking about like practice alphabet, writing it, understand it. And also there's weekly quiz for him to try to master those sight words at a very early age. So I will say it's it's tough because all my focus has been Chinese. I never thought like because how much time I put in for Chinese will kind of gave us this like really struggle time in English. But it does feels like English is easy to pick up just because after this whole year, my son's doing much better in, in terms of like weekly quiz and then able to like, you know, pronounce alphabet with the sound that it makes. And and then for Chinese, it's like, it feels like it started to lose it because his daily conversation with me, where he, with his sister, start to have some English words um, in and out all the time. So I really start to supplement a lot more Chinese lessons, not not really so much just language lessons, but also lots of different type of lessons. For example, conversation lesson, I was actually inspired by Bay because she told me early on before we were even friends that she has a Chinese uh, like conversation tutor that she's using. So I was um, I was doing that for a while and then there's just a lot more classes I'm trying to explore. So try to maintain, also advance my kids' Chinese because now um, I actually also have the same situation that Bay was talking about. The current Chinese um, instruction that in the Mandarin Immersion School, it's there is it's pretty basic because they have to teach kids that have no 
Mandarin support at home. So they're talking about like you know teaching kids saying something like hello, ni hao. They're ta- they're teaching something like yi jia yi de yao. Yeah, the color. So it's like my kids are de- like they are basically Chinese native speakers. So it's like it's too basic for them. Um, so that's why I was like, all right, I cannot waste this time for them just learning the same type of Chinese that they already know before. I have to just advance their Chinese from my own resources. And kind of going back to. Sort of what you mentioned about your son, because I haven't talked too much about my son. He is younger; he's four years old.、Um, his learning style is just very different than his sister. I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's a boy versus girl thing, but there's some aspect to it.、Um, and I also think my son, having started the, he didn't go to preschool at two years old because it was during the pandemic, so he was home with us mostly. And at that time, he was really just. You know, being taken care of by my mother-in-law while I was home, I was working remotely with working remotely with my daughter homeschooling as well as her virtual classes. So I think he lost that one extra year. I think that's one one aspect of it. I think another aspect of it is that there was much more English being exposed because by that point my daughter was already around three four ish, so she was. Exploring and listening to a lot more words being said, especially with her father, kind of、um, not speaking Mandarin at that particular level, and so we were using a lot of Chinglish, probably more than we should have. And I would even have to say that for a period, I had to kind of redirect myself back to speaking more Mandarin, because for you know, I, I don't think I mentioned this before, for someone like myself who has very limited Mandarin speaking ability—it's actually challenging.、Um, I have to really put in the effort and really concentrate on it.、Um, so, in as even though my daughter is able to learn some of this stuff, and I'm and ironically also <laughs> guiding this her process through this, I'm also having to really force myself to learn it as well too. In terms of listening to more parenting podcasts in Chinese, even if. Even if it's not parenting, that's fine. Maybe going back to watching what I used to like to watch a lot of like the TV shows, the movies. Maybe listening to music because prior to the kids,、um, for me, I wasn't using Chinese at all in any capacity. I would say I was not using Chinese for a good twenty some years until my kids came along, and then it's whew, all back to full on Chinese. Um, so that was really really challenging. I think that's a one aspect I want to make sure. Listeners are understanding that we're kind of coming from two different backgrounds and upbringing and levels as well. So for me, my Chinese is definitely is a very concentrated effort and very challenging at times. Even nowadays, especially as she is older and asking more specific questions, I sometimes un- am not able to use any particular use that those vocabulary that she requires, and that's why we did. I did outsource and found a Taiwanese tutor, and that was kind of indirectly because I wanted her to increase. I wanted them to increase their 
comprehension, as well as culture, as well as language. Yeah, and then I think that's very kind of helpful when the Chinese levels at a certain level. You kind of need the background level when whenever you read. Um, books, magazine. When you watch Taiwanese like kids TV shows, those background knowledge will come in place.、Uh, so you, you know, your kids can actually understand the content and that what they're talking about.、Um, because I feel like most of those、uh, vocabulary are not in the textbooks that the kid, you know, the teacher use. Those textbooks are more for just. Learning the language itself, but not so much the culture.、Um, but I want Bei to kind of share the current supplement classes that you have for your kids. The last time I checked with you, you said you have seven classes. I just want you to share with the listener about how those seven classes that can work with your kids being. Full time in school, you know, you they're not coming home at two thirty. They're actually coming home at you know after the after school. So as Grace mentioned, our both my kids are in、um, online classes daily. <laughs> so my daughter's done. My daughter actually does a little bit more because she's a bit older, has a little bit more attention span as my son. So right now,、um, currently they are doing three times a week. They are meeting with their Taiwanese tutor, who kind of go through the various part, various aspect of Taiwan, and also various cities of Taiwan. As I mentioned earlier, the culture, the people, sort of the nuances.、Um, you know, the teachers spend quite a bit of time about bubble tea and Seven Eleven, which my kids love. But I was like, really. I'm not sure how this is going to help, but sure. So, kind of really let her direct that.、Um, and so, as we're preparing for our trip back to Taiwan soon, she's also helping them better understand the very the different cities and what those what that looks like. So we have we have that particular tutor. I would say the cultural language tutor three times a week, and then twice a week, each kid has a half an hour session. With a tutor that specifically focuses on their aspect of learning. So for my son, it would be on the doing as he's kind of finishing up that from the preschool. He hasn't learned the blending as much as his sister did at this time. So we're trying to finish that up so that before he starts the all English school, he has that concept down. And the, for my daughter, is really focused on reading and comprehension and retelling of the story. Um, as Grace and I have talked about this in extensive lengths, that you know the kids will learn to read it and understand it, but for them to retell the story is a lot more challenging than it seems. And I think even for adults too. So the teachers working with her in terms of how to structure her vocabulary, her sentences, and how to help her、um, help her understand what to use. So that's twice a week. In addition to that, my daughter also has a、um, once a week. She has a group class with、um, an on- online school, and that class is six children, and they kind of going through various items.、Um, that's more of a language class, a traditional language class. Folks are more familiar with in terms of learning the characters, the、um, the radicals that's associated. There's some reading, there's some homework aspect of it. So that's more of a More of a classroom environment, 
And then in addition to that, we've added every now and then we've added in like clay classes through an online course. We've also added art classes through online courses. And then um, I think then we try to do an online uh, art class in person as well. So I think we just really try to do anything we are able to that is there that is Chinese, but also along with their interest. Yeah. And then I think that's, it's kind of the way to go because um, I feel like Oliver talk a lot about like weekend Chinese school. It just not, first of all, it's not, the pace is not fast enough. So kids are just bored. Second of all, I think a lot of them just not fun and not interesting. And for you to find a tutor and talk about topics that your kids are interested in, it's really something, um, it just, you know, help the kids to continue to have the motivation to, to learn the language. Uh, for us, it's kind of, I'm not as crazy because <laughs> I think bailing is like really stretch all the time. Um, I, I, luckily, we do have a little bit of um, Chinese lesson during the day that help with the kids to maintain also, you know, learn parts of it, even though the, the I, I, I talk about what they're learning are very basic, but my daughter will come back and tell me a character that she learns today that she never learned before. So, you know, that's, that's something, you know. Um, and then before, the, my daughter currently still have a Chinese after school. So the Chinese after school is similar during the daytime. The, the instruction are still too kind of simple and easy for her, but it was just like the, the group activities, I think make it interesting and continue just to cultivate her interests because I was just chatting with the teacher one day um, last week, and then the teacher said, because my daughter's Chinese are much better than all the other students, so whenever she, um, the teacher teach a new character or new phrases, she will ask my daughter to be the main student, like a model student, and then try to teach or try to demonstrate that how that character pronounced or how that phrases can be used, and then, you know, try to Use her, use her as like a model student for the whole class. So I think that definitely helped her with continue with her conversational Chinese. And then, you know, she just enjoy having the class with um, all her classmates together. Um, so besides the after school, I kind of want to give our listener like a mistake. I kind of did for the online lessons, not currently, but in the past. Basically, you know, they did the sage book, but I also kind of like, I didn't want to do the sage book myself. So when the twins started online lesson as a supplement, when they're around four years old, I asked the tutor to, basically I gave her the list of all the characters in the sage book and asked her to teach, teach the twins. And after maybe a year or so, um, I realized my daughter was able to memorize all the characters. She was like, just remember it by looking at it. And then after, you know, a few reviews by the teacher and then she was totally okay. 
But my son at the time, because they're taking the online lesson together, I realized my son just wing it most of the time. He didn't really remember those character, and then a lot of time because my daughter know the character, so he will, she will whisper to my son and tell him the answer when the online teacher was questioning my son about you know what that character is, and that's when I decided like this is the end. I have to separate them from the online lessons from them, but this is not really the mistake. The mistake was. What I realized is Sage Book. It has to be done by the book. You cannot do it separately because the online tutor was just making her own online lesson herself. She didn't really using the all the phrases and sentences in the Sage Book. So there wasn't a repetition every time when you learn the next character, and then you you know you can keep seeing the same character over and over again, and then. So that was like a big mistake from my end because I didn't really know and I didn't want to do it. But then after I used the tutor for other reasons and then just do Sagebook myself and like Bay was saying, like that's when I really know what my kids know and then how the Sagebook should be used. And then、um, so since then I've been just doing not so much homeschool. I would just say like I just follow Sagebook's instructions with my daughter and my son all separately because their pace is just very very different. My, I think my daughter has that kind of like picture memory that as soon as she see a character and then just a few times she can remember it, but my son just has to like repeatedly. Reminding him, prompting him, and then you know a lot of different like reviewing him. But I think it's also the age too,、um, which I kind of feel like I don't know that comes in place for 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 Bay's、um, kids. But for my daughter, maybe I feel like the maturity for learning just came much earlier, similar to Bay's daughter, which is around like three three and four. That's when my daughter was able to remember characters very easily, and then, and then, every aspect of it, you know,、uh, holding pens and then English learning, it's all much faster. But for my son, it seems like it's not just English was slow; it was everything. Chinese was also a little bit slower than my daughter, so. I right now I just really have to cater the online lessons separately based on their level. So, besides like the online lessons I mentioned, currently we have、um, like a traditional、um, class that Bay's daughter's doing. So just learning radical, learning character, and learning learning sentence structure and comprehensions. But I have her to a A level that's slightly higher、um, than my son's. So my son's actually actually just starting out with like the very、uh, the blending doing level when he was just I really want him to master the doing because I feel like for him to learn the character is a little bit slower. So if he has the doing as like you know assistance for him, he's able to probably read things much faster. And then that's when. I'm every day. I was like trying to think separately. It's like what would be a good books for my daughter, but what would be a good books for, for my son. 
um, in the coming years. So it's pretty tiring, um, but I feel like Bay and I are really trying hard to just think ahead and then don't want to give up before when the time, like our kids just like hate it and then want to just quit everything for to us. Yeah, and I think one thing we talked about this a lot is that I it's going to go in phases for the kids as well as for us as the parent, because we are both working full time. So we're really stretched and you have two going at the same time. I I also have two, but I often say this to you. I'm, they're not going at the same time. I think there's a very different juggling act that you're doing than a lot of other parents with two kids. So for me, at least my daughter is able independently to read. I could do more of a focus on my son um, and more one-on-one time. Whereas for her, I'm able to give her the workbooks and then move on to the next kind of aspect of it. So I think it goes in phases and I'm learning that more and more um, as we go through this. This is, you know, my daughter's going to be seven in October. So at this point, almost seven years of this. It seems so short, but also long at the same time. Um, One thing I will have to say, you know, lately I've been really trying to figure out how to increase more reading for my daughter because she can read, but because we're not doing as consistently and as frequent as we should be doing it, she's losing a lot of that, um, ability to do it recognition of it like she used to and one thing that's been coming up for me a lot is about um picture books versus chapter books i think sage is a great program it's easy to follow in this in that particular step but after that it's kind of like okay what do we do then it's really up to the parent to source all sorts of different books and you know just it it's it gets very overwhelming on what type of books and also expensive because we're not in Asia. So really just dependent on reviews and the little, you know, couple pages that the online bookstore will actually provide for us. So I you know, one thing I've been really kind of going back to more and more is that I think we don't need to move away from picture books so soon. Anything that's both for English and Chinese. And I learned, I read recently that, you know, for especially the earlier, in the early years, all the way even till like second grade-ish, that there's still the picture assists them with the vocabulary and the book on what you're actually talking about, what we're reading. So one thing we're trying to really go back to is to allow her to do more picture books still, not to move her too quickly to the chapter book, because that was really my lofty idea of, okay, you're done with Sage. You can move on to the any books I give you. Uh, that did not happen in any way. Um, so we had to do a lot of back and forth of of the chapter books, the picture books. And in addition, you know, for a while, I would even have to say I was concerned about the I was concerned about her using doing as a clutch crutch because I was I was like, OK, can she do this without doing? She's doing great with doing. But if I take that away, what does that look like? So I don't think there's, I think it just, it goes in phases and not necessarily have to go from, and every kid is going to be different, um, but it is important to kind of ramp up on the foundation, the learning. So before, especially English books become more interesting. And that's one big challenge I think I'm facing with right now is that 
English is easier to read and has more challenging options, whereas Chinese is much more harder and not as many options because I'm I basically would have to buy all of the books online or source them so ahead of time. And sometimes you think they're interested in that particular book, they may not even want to read the book. So like for my son, I like stocked up on so many typical cars and trucks and ambulance and you know. Excavators and all sorts of stuff, and he likes those. But I, you know, that's just a phase. He's gonna move on to the next phase, so I can only do so much. So I think what I'm trying to say is that it goes in phases, and not to move away from picture book too early. And um, and one thing I think I'm gonna try to implement back, which we haven't done because of all the the schedule as well as the online tutor, is to really try to read every day for. A little bit, if we can, so that way there's that consistent、um, reading of Chinese and listening to Chinese as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Like,、um, it's very tricky. I'm in this point too. Like, I've been doing research every day about what to do after Sage Book. I mean, we're doing Greenfields. Book that a lot of parents and blogger recommend. So far, it's been great, but that's it's nothing like the bridge book, which is chapter book that you mentioned. Because you know, and then I was like chatting with Bay one day. I was like, I don't understand these word counts. It's like Sage Book is five hundred, but all the bridge book is like two thousand. It's like how did you bridge that? It's like five hundred to two thousand. So this is like a mystery I'm trying to solve.、Um, and then one of the I don't know if it's a solution, but one of the things I'm trying to get recently, I was like deep in my book search, and then I was I found a, a few books that are poem Chinese poem for kids. <laughs> So each sentence are short because a lot of the bridge book I look at it was like very long sentence and then whole full page of characters. I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> um, and then I think the struggle for me for picture book is when my kids re- they will read picture books themselves without you know reading the the sentence like the Chinese sentence. So it's kind of tricky for me to tell them to read a picture book and read a Chinese sentence because their their attention will be just looking at the pictures. So、mm. a a lot of struggle I have now. It's like first I have to find it's not too many characters per page, but also the picture cannot be too big so that you grab all their attention away. So it's like. Yeah. I think also no, we have same thing, and like we have the same thing for both English and Chinese. I think for those particular situation, what I'm learning, and this takes you know practice, especially since neither of us are teachers in any aspect, that we can use those pictures to kind of、um, have the certain conversations. And I think especially for you, given your background and also your vocabulary, being able to kind of go in more with it, and then I think this is the same thing with English as well that we're able to really look at the pictures and kind of just have them describe it 
and what's drawing them to it and also have them maybe even ex um, describe a similar experience or similar thing kind of really having a dialogue from those so I was exactly the same thing where our daughter was definitely very focused on the picture. I think she actually always looked at the picture before she started reading out loud to me. I was like, and then, you know, we're tired. We're just like, oh, hey, let's just read the words. Stop looking at the picture. I need to move on to the next page here. Um, she was always looking at the picture before reading the words. But I think what I'm trying to learn is to slow down. And I don't think that's actually a bad thing because we're promoting the dialogue as well as the reading and also just familiarity with that with that particular aspect. One thing I'm trying to do, and I think we talked about this, especially with our upcoming trip, is perhaps maybe we're going to have to do a combination of comic books because yeah. the words are very, very small, very short, except yeah. the, the, the fonts are very small. So, so that I do... I do worry about it because I don't want to end up with glasses if possible. And just another added expense to their um, upbringing. <laughs> so that's another thing I'm trying to figure out is like, how do we, you know, add that in there if we can. Um, so I think we really talk about a lot of the detail of our journey. I hope our listener kind of um, can take, bits and you know like pieces like you know that they think it's helpful for them um the way we can do it doesn't necessarily like our listener can do it but i feel like what i always feel encouraged especially interacting with bay every day it was like feeling encouraged and feeling like somebody out there is also trying their best to keep up their kids' Chinese level. And then that also kind of remind me why I started this journey, which is try the best for them to able to communicate with my family in Taiwan, but also just like a useful language to communicate even for me and then to keep their heritage, um, you know, for many years. Because a lot of the... Um, my husband's friend, which is second generation of Taiwanese American with Chinese American, they often kind of regret, like you, Bay was saying about other friends, like they couldn't remember what they really want their kids to learn because they realize how quickly, like the heritage or the culture aspect can be forgotten, uh, just because they don't know the language. Because I feel like language is almost like a tool or the entry point. For, for kids to learn another culture. Um, so hope this journey will just get easier, but it hasn't felt that way. Uh, that's why we created this podcast so that, you know, we will still working on it, this journey, like many others. Yeah, I definitely agree 100% with what you had just mentioned. And we really are trying to show sort of the real life examples and the real life struggles. And, you know, before Grace and I connected, I was really going through this process very lonely um, because we were, I was in a very weird phase in terms of our process and also where my daughter's language ability was. And even with myself not really speaking Chinese that well, it was, you know, I even had, 
family and friends doubted me and kind of questioned why I was doing this given. And also, you know, the common thing I hear a lot is, oh, all that effort, all that time you're going to spend, it's going to, she's going to forget it by the time she's older kind of thing. So, you know, that's very discouraging. It wasn't a lot of support or encouragement or um, ideas of how to really move forward. So I think, you know, in some ways, even though it did give me doubts, it also gave me a lot of strength and motivation to move forward and do, as Grace has mentioned, do our best and do what we can and um, go as far as we can as long as in the end our kids is able to connect and also speak the language as best as we are able to or they're able to um, do, then I think our job is has been done in that aspect. Can't wait for that day to come. <laughs> Given our kids are very young, we have a long way to go. That's true. A long way to go. So, so follow with us on our Instagram. Um, we will definitely want to share more of our journey in the um, upcoming episodes. And, and then feel free to let us know what your experience is. We'll love to hear from you. Right. And let us know if there's any particular topics too that you want us to go more into specifically with our own experiences or even um, we can source guests who can kind of go into those particular topics as well. Because as Grace mentioned, we're constantly thinking about different ways, doing research for the for ourselves, but also putting it out on the podcast. Hopefully this will help you guys along your journey. <laughs>